0: This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world. Committed to the truth of scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program.
1: Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, and I'm your host for today's program, well, if you've joined us over the past couple of weeks, you know that we are in the midst of our four-part series titled, Who Wrote the Book of Love? Well, in our first session, That's the Power of Love, we looked at Christ's common uh, command to love one another, a command to love perfectly we learned about the provisions and the promises of God to equip us to love one another. Last week in our session, You and Me and Me and You, we looked at the partnership and the key to loving others that we have by abiding in Christ as He abides in us. Well, today we move on to talk about the practical, how to love as Christ did. In our session, we're calling What's Love Got to Do With It? Well, we're going to dig into John 16 to better understand the spirit's role in this thing called love. Back with us to guide us through the scripture is Mark Ray. Mark serves as Vice President of Community Development with Grace School of Theology and is the Executive Director of Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark earned a Master in Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary and a Master of Divinity as well as a Doctor of Ministry from Grace School of Theology. Mark has over 25 years experience in church and parachurch ministry. Mark welcome back.
0: Thank you so much, Carmen. It's always a joy to be back with you.
1: Well, I look forward to continuing this wonderful discussion we have uh, all around the Upper Room Discourse. Well, you know, last week, as we talked about the importance of abiding in Christ and the joy that would really be ours if we stay connected to our source of love, which, of course, is Christ, It seems that Christ was preparing the disciples for the fact that no matter how much they love the world as commanded, the result would not be that the world would love them. So what did Christ tell the disciples that we also need to understand about loving the world?
0: It's a great question um, because what what we feel is that when Christ gives this command, love one another as I have loved you, everything should be hunky dory. Mm -hmm. Everything should be great because love is that thing that connects us all. But what he warns them of is don't expect that love back. Because by the way, the world doesn't love love. Satan doesn't love love. Those that are not my disciples don't love love. So as you express love, the world, Satan, non-believers, the the response that you're going to get back is not the response you get from me. My response is, I'm going to love you. The response of the world is, I'm going to hate you. And and part of what he prepares them for is this statement, they're not hating you, Mm. they're hating me. The the whole idea of what Christ came to do, and I think the the massive irony in this is, if you follow my command to love one another, expect hate. Yes. But that's also what separates believers from the world. Mm -hmm. The huge part of that is even in the midst of that hate, what are we still called to do? Yeah. We're still still called to love. To love, exactly. (laughs) We're still called to love, which is exactly what Christ did when he went to the cross. And think about it, Mm -hmm. I've used this illustration many times, he's hanging on the cross. And the religious leaders who should have known better, who knew he was coming, Mm -hmm. they had the scriptures that foretold him coming. They stand, and here's how they mock him. You said you could save us. Mm. Come down from the cross, save yourself and us. Here's the irony. (laughs) If he had, he couldn't. Mm. If he had come down from the cross, he couldn't have saved them. So by staying and hanging on the cross by love, because of his love for them, even those who hated him while we were still his enemies... Christ died for, for us and for them. And for them, so those that are actually mocking him, Christ died for them. The example of that love mm-hmm. is: this is what the world is going to do. To, and we see persecution of Christians all around yes, the world. Yes, and do. it's persecution of Christians who have the command to love. Yes. <laughs> It, it absolutely blows my mind at times to understand that the command to believers and what sets believers apart is exactly the thing that the world is going to hate them for, mm-hmm. and that's why it sets us apart.
1: Yes, yes. The world
0: hates us because we love, and yes. because we love when we shouldn't. Yes. When the world tells us, you should hate. Yeah, Think about the world today. Mm-hmm. Isn't that expression of love something that we know could bind us, could unite exactly. us? Could bring us together, and yet... What Satan does is he takes that love and he twists it so that hatred is what comes out. Yes. So Christ's command here, we see it, I mean, it's it's bearing fruit today. Oh, it is. That those who love and those who love and those who love, though they're hated, the command is to continue to love because that is what's going to separate us from the world. Yes. So that thing that, that Christ wanted to bind us together is exactly the thing that Satan wants to use to twist us and to divide us. The command is still there, love one another. And his warning to the disciples is, when you love, as I have commanded you, know that you're going to be hated, but understand this, they're hating me first yes, yes that yes. that sets a platform in place that even if i can if i can get my spiritual mind around it mm-hmm. what i'm looking at is they're hating christ yeah they're don't take it me. personally yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, which is a hard thing oh, because hard, we're talking about love and hate that's right but but that really is a yeah. great a great word of wisdom because what they're doing is they're hating christ yes yes So uh, uh, again, Christ gives us the perspective on how to love and how to love perfectly because he showed us the same thing.
1: Yes. And they did hate him and they showed it by crucifying him. And yet he still loved. Yes. Yet he still loved. So surely we can can love our neighbors, right? (laughs) Well, Christ then reminds the disciples that he's leaving. Now, I would imagine the reality was setting in, but as fear and doubt and and other emotions that are maybe even anger at him, what do you mean you're leaving, right? Uh, but, but then Christ reassures them in John 16, 5 through 11, that they won't be left alone. Uh, he talks about, it will be better if I leave. And that's oftentimes hard for people to understand. Again, well, if you love them so much, he knows the world's going to hate them. He knows they're going to be persecuted. Is that love to leave? So so how does he explain that he is going to, to leave them?
0: Yeah. So, Great question, and so let me take it from a different perspective, let me give an illustration. You raise your kids. Mm -hmm. You know ultimately one day your kids are going to leave, and it's a good thing. Does it hurt? Sure. Yeah. But if they don't leave, there are certain things that cannot happen if they don't leave they can't grow to independence they won't go off and get married they're not going to have their own families they won't yeah. grow they won't mature if they don't leave so we as parents we prepare our kids to leave
1: yes, yes. <laughs> which
0: you know is biblical by the way cut the apron strings mm-hmm. and 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 all of that is so that they can grow into the person mm. they created them to be instead yeah. of growing as as, as we want to deem they should be mm-hmm. because we're finite, we don't know the best for them, but God does. So, that separation is to do what to do for them what we can't do for them. Now, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean Christ can't do, but here's what Christ says to the disciples It's good that I go because right now, in my limited form, mm-hmm. in my human form, I can only be one place at one time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but if I go, here's who's coming. Mm. It's good that I go because you're now going to get the Holy Spirit who is going to indwell you, who, by the way, is me. It's the third member of the Trinity. You're now going to be infused with the Holy Spirit who can be in every one of you at the same time. So can you have me? Yes. If I don't go, if I don't ascend, by the way, I don't have the power. I don't have the authority. I don't send the Holy Spirit. You don't get that. You still get me Mm -hmm. one single person who can't even be with you because of the limitations of the human body.
1: Right, right.
0: You can't have that. So is it good that I go? Yes. Is it it painful? Yes. For that group of disciples. But think about what Christ is thinking about. Mm -hmm. He's thinking about the millions of people who will trust in Him, who need to be infused with His Holy Spirit, who need to be indwelt. And by the way, as we've seen in John 14 and John 15, we also are indwelt with Him.
1: Yes. yes. So,
0: if he doesn't go, Mm. he stays limited. Mm. If he doesn't go, he can't send the Holy Spirit. If he doesn't go, we don't get the benefit of that. That's right. So, there's an old saying that says, would you rather have Christ beside you or the Spirit in you? Mm. And the answer to it is, it would be wonderful to have Christ beside me, Yes. but what I need is Christ in me. So Mm -hmm. what what Christ does, and we're going to see this again in in his prayer in 17, he goes all the way back to the beginning of chapter 13 where he says he loved them to the end. He loved them to their completion, to their maturity. The only way to bring them to maturity is for him to leave. leave. The only way that our kids can come to full maturity is we allow them to leave. Still under our protection, still under our love, still under our... But the only way these disciples can ultimately get to the point where they are mature in their faith is Mm -hmm. for him to leave. So is it the best for them? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Painful? Sure. But the best for them. And by the way, the best for us. Oh, yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing we have to have the Spirit in us, leading us and guiding us well Christ tells the disciples what the Spirit would do in the lives of unbelievers even though even those who perhaps are going to be the ones persecuting the disciples this is really important because sometimes uh, we confuse the role of the Spirit uh, that with our own role in the lives of unbelievers uh, we sort of want to be the Holy Spirit yes. in other people's lives so so uh, help us to clarify those roles Mark
0: well here's the best way I can say it um, in John 16 he says this the Holy Spirit will come and will convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment the Holy Spirit will come and will convict the world unbelievers and believers. Yes. By the way, the Holy Spirit's role is the role to convict. Yes. of sin, righteousness, and judgment. 18 times in the New Testament. And when this is spoken, it's always spoken of in terms of not to condemnation but to reconciliation, mm. to redemption. So mm-hmm. the idea behind this is it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the believers and the unbelievers of their sin? Who opens their eyes to the love of Christ? Who opens their eyes to the work of Christ? That's the Holy Spirit's job. Now, do we play a role in that? Sure. We're not the convictors. We're not the ones that do that, but we are the ones that get the chance to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Was I convicted of my sin? Sure. Can I tell that story to somebody else? Absolutely. Am I supposed to be the one, unless the Holy Spirit tells me to, I'm not the one who goes in and says, you sinner. Right. No what I am supposed to do is when they are convicted of that, mm. let me tell you my story. Yes. Let me share with you what Christ did for me and where forgiveness comes, where redemption comes, where reconciliation comes, mm-hmm. where all of that comes into play. Yes. So the Holy Spirit, we see here in Scripture, He will convict. So so first we need to say to ourselves, <laughs> give the Holy Spirit a chance to work.
1: That's right. that's His job. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Yes, He will. Yeah. That, that's a very definitive statement in Scripture. Mm-hmm. He will convict the world. Mm-hmm. Let him convict the world. Yeah. But as be used to say, go where you see God at work and join him. Mm-hmm. So if you see somebody mm-hmm. being convicted by their sin, that's where the Spirit's telling us, come play a role in that. That's now right. the role of the believer is to come and come alongside, put your arm around, right. love them, tell them. I about was going to
1: say, right? go show that love we've been talking <laughs> about, right? It's yes. like that's, that's the perfect opportunity. Right. Because people that are in their sin usually know it, right? Yes. And so we have that choice to judge them and tell them how awful they are or say, oh my goodness. Well, and, and if you think about
0: <clears throat> it, he continues on in this passage and he says, convict them of sin because they don't believe in me. Yeah. Well, what's the greatest sin? Yeah, not believing. Not believing. Convict them of righteousness because I go to my Father and you'll see me no more. Well, who's going to be the example of mm-hmm. righteousness mm-hmm. in the world now? Yeah. It's Christ, Christ it in is. us. Yeah. And convict them of judgment because the ruler of this world mm. is already judged. You don't have to judge Satan. It's not our role. Yeah. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. What we are to do is to come alongside. When that conviction occurs, when we see, when we need to show that righteousness, that's that's our role.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're the follow-up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the clean-up, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: and and uh, even to that extent, uh-huh. there's still the Holy Spirit who is at work in us that when when everything seems wrong, mm-hmm. when everything seems upside down, mm-hmm. the Spirit is working. And the Spirit is working in the lives of the unbelievers. And in the lives of the believers, yes. the unbelievers to convict them of the things going on, the believers to convict them of get in there. Don't be a spectator. Get into that yeah. game that the Holy Spirit is is working on or the life of somebody else. By the way, the eternal life of somebody else is at stake. Yes. Yes. How can I best love that person? Mm. Share the good news of Jesus Christ for yes. really. them,
1: yeah. and like you say, your own story. Uh, well, that's that's it, the best it, example. Exactly, it's the best way to share the good news <laughs> yes. of Jesus, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. Yes, because Absolutely. it's it's
1: believable to people. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, And and you may have, you've touched on this a little bit, but he he does talk about the role of the Spirit in believers in 12 through 15, uh, but how does he uh, recap how the Spirit is going to help disciples to make sense of all that is happening in the world at that time?
0: Great question. Um, As you just walk through that passage, Mm -hmm. here's what he says. The Spirit of truth will come. First thing he's he's going to do is guide you in all truth. Well, that's a really good thing for the Spirit to do, because we have a tendency to wander off the path into untruth. Or as the world tells you now, your truth is your own. Uh, Yes. So truth is relative. Yes. No, it's not.
1: Mm. It simply is not. (laughs) The Spirit
0: will guide us in all truth. He will speak on the authority of what he hears from God. So where's the Spirit getting his words? The same place Christ got his Mm -hmm. words from the Father who loves us. He'll tell us of the things to come. But here's one of the most specific things. He will glorify Christ. He will show off Christ. And where is he going to show off Christ? By teaching and training and raising us Mm -hmm. up to be the manifestors of the character of Christ to the world. Yes. Yes. So and what's the first character he wants us to show? (laughs) Love Love one (laughs)
1: another.
0: (laughs) It all revolves back around to that. It does. It Um, does. And and, I love how Christ says this. He will take what is mine. And declare it to you he will take what is mine and declare it to you mm. so what is the one thing that is the prominent thing that that identified who Christ was love he will yeah. take what is mine and declare my love to you mm. so believers listen to the Spirit because he's yeah. always declaring the love of Christ to you wow. when you feel unworthy what does the Spirit do yeah. declares the love of how much you're loved by Jesus Christ so that not that I just sit in it, mm-hmm, but so that mm-hmm. I can then love one another. Go and love <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: <laughs> yes. That, again, we've said it before, but when you think about the kingdom, the language of the kingdom is love, and we pray, uh, whatever is in heaven be on yes, earth.
1: Yes, on earth is it is in heaven.
0: So here it is. Yeah. And what what should be the prominent thing, the prominent character of Christ, the prominent command of Christ, the prominent everything of Christ should mm-hmm. be how we love how one we another. How we love.
1: Wow. Wow. Just beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. Well, Jesus continues to prepare the disciple for his departure. We And we, of course, have the full revelation of Christ, and we understand some things that the disciples would not have understood at the time. Uh, help us to see the confusion, the questions, the, the concern that they must have had.
0: Well, obviously, put yourself in the place of the disciples. So they're sitting here and Christ says all of these things, and remember, He hadn't gone to the cross yet. Right. So He says all of these things, and you've heard over and over again, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be taken, I'm going to be imprisoned, I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to rise again the third day, and we know from from the fact that every time He says that, they stop with, I'm going to die. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They don't hear, I'm going to rise again the third day. And He even says, and the Spirit will tell you this after the fact. You're going to come back and you're going to go, oh, that's what that was about. <laughs> well, here there is confusion because he starts this in verse 16 and he says, in a, in a little while you won't see me. And then in a little while you will see me. And <laughs> they are scratch their head. Yeah, wait, <clears throat> what do you mean by that? Uh-huh. Well, he's giving them a timetable. In a little while you won't see me. What's he getting ready to do? And getting ready one. to die. Yeah. Yes. And then in a little while you will see me. What's he getting ready Rise to do? again. <laughs> So all he's given them is a very simple timetable, but but remember where they are, they still haven't it. It hasn't registered with them that Mm -mm. this is God's plan.
1: Mm -mm. This is
0: what's going to do. So then they begin to question. What's he saying? Mm -hmm. What's he mean? What's he doing? What's he thinking? We're we're not quite getting this. I don't want to say the disciples are, are are dense. But what I do want to say is, Christ has repeated it over and over and over again. But when you look today at how many times have you heard something and it never really sinks in until it actually happens. Of course. Of course. So they've been told this is going to happen. He's even told them again, here, I'm going to go and I'm going to come back. Yeah. That's that's all his preparation for when it occurs, it's going to dawn on you, this is what I've been telling you Mm -hmm. the whole time. Mm -hmm. So they have these questions and he actually comes back and says, by the way, I know this is your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that omniscience come to bear. And and here's the beautiful thing. I love Jesus does this. Basically, he says this. Is that the question you're asking? <laughs> Instead of barging and of course, in and right. laying the answer on him, he, yeah. he always the gentleman. Yes. yes. He says to them, I, I want to answer your question. Is this the question you're asking? And it's a beautiful statement yes. of what he's talking about and what's going to happen. And then he says Truthfully, assuredly, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to be sorrowful, but the world is going to rejoice. You're going to be sorrowful because I'm gone, because I've died. That's not the way the world responds. The world's going to respond with, he's dead. Yay. We're glad he's gone. Um, And that's going to be difficult, but here's what's going to happen. Joy is going to come, because guess what? You're going to see me again oh yeah and i'm going to be exactly who i told you i was going to be i'm going to Mm -hmm. be risen and it's going to be proof here we go again it's going to be proof of my love for you that's right and my love for the world now you're back to john 3 16. god so loved the world that he gave his only son (laughs) yeah and when he comes back
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you're going to be full of joy and in fact what he says is my joy will be in you so we not only get his love and we not only get his the fruit of the spirit, we get his joy. Yeah. And that's the joy that my by my action, you're mine for eternity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty spectacular it, thoughts.
1: Oh, it truly is. It truly is. When he talks about their sorrow turning to joy, he outlines some of the reasons that they would find joy. Walk us through those reasons, I think, found <laughs> in verses 22 through 24.
0: Yes. Very simple. First thing he says is you have sorrow. You can't have joy. And that's the contrast. Yeah. Joy, y- you know you have joy because mm-hmm. you've had sorrow. So you're going to have sorrow because I'm gone. So, the first reason is you're going to see me again. So, there's joy. I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm, you're going to see me. Not I'm being going to a rise. story. Yep. Yes. Second, no one can take your joy from you. Hmm. Joy is a choice. Yes. You can choose yes. to be joyful today. You can choose to be joyful tomorrow. And the foundation of that joy is not in your circumstances. That's right. The foundation of your joy is in Christ who is risen and who loves you eternally.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That's joy. That is joy. He keeps He keeps uh, going with this. Whatever you ask the Father, ask in my name. He'll give it to you. Here is, and, and ask and you'll receive. Here's the third uh, element of joy. He's just unfolded for them a new way to pray.
1: Mm-hmm
0: as Jews, they had never had complete access to the Father. Now he says, because of my actions and because of the Spirit in you, you now have new covenant language. You now have complete access to the very throne room of God. Your prayers will come directly to God. So he says, whatever you ask the Father, notice in my name, let's make sure we (laughs) put that in there Uh because there's a a qualification to God answering your prayer. It's your prayer that's made in his name. Now, what does he mm-hmm. mean by that? Yes. It's not a talisman. Yeah. It's not a magic statement. If I sure. say in, in Jesus' right. name, it's going right. to happen. Right. Right. No, it is in what Jesus desires for us. Mm-hmm. What's for our good in his glory? What's yes. for our benefit? Those things that we ask for. Yes. One of the greatest ones is, mm-hmm. could my love increase? <laughs> Help me love one another. Yeah. One of those huge statements that we need to be praying that God is happy to answer,
1: of course he is.
0: Love one another, and finally, uh, ask and you'll receive. If you ask the right things, I'll I'll grant them. But then the final thing is that your joy may be full, that it may be complete. Do you want complete joy? And doesn't everyone?
1: Doesn't everyone? Yes. To me, that is like they should go. Yes, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Yes. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah.
0: And he gives us a very simple. Yeah. Series yeah. of, uh, first of all, rejoice in the fact, the, so the foundation, mm-hmm. this is Paul, rejoice, and again I say I rejoice. Why? Because sure. Christ is risen, mm-hmm. he loves me unconditionally, mm-hmm. and he's here. Yeah. He's with me, he'll never yeah. leave me or forsake me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Second, you have very access to the throne room of God. So ask, but ask for those things that are the things that God wants. To make me mm-hmm. who I'm supposed to be in Christ, mm-hmm. so ask those things. Mm-hmm. Do you need wisdom? Do you need guidance? Do you need do you need your love to expand? Do you need grace? Do you need mercy? Do you need peace? Yes. Okay. He's going to grant those things, and then when you do that, know that you will receive. And when you receive that here's and I think this is the kicker to it are we are we looking for my love to increase mm. are we looking for my grace and mercy to increase are we looking for my peace to increase right when i see those things that's where joy is mm. and my joy will be full as i reflect on as i look at as i examine christ actually doing the things i've prayed for in me for my good and his glory
1: yes yes oh yes amen mm. we only have a, a minute or so left but um you know he he then says these things i have spoken to you uh it's it's as though he's he's wanting to recap again that love of god the love of christ and and the response of the disciples. Uh, what would you say is is the most important takeaway if you will from all that he has told them <laughs> in a, yeah. in one yeah. minute yeah. in 60 seconds. yeah let's take these these last 13 yeah. 14 15 and 16 let's
0: wrap it up. Yeah. Um, let me put it to you this way. yeah i think the first thing he says is there is There's a new relationship here. That new relationship is a relationship with God, with me, and with the Holy Spirit that's founded on one thing, love. That's it. Holy Spirit's going to put a new love in you. I've died to show you that love. The Father's love for you, and this is the plan that God has put together so that you can understand what love is all about.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's the first. The second thing is, let me show you what this means to you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The most Mm -hmm. important thing is this belief. Yeah. You believe in the father, believe in me. You trusted in the father, trust in me. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. the father and I were were one. We're one. We're the same. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then trust this.
1: Mm.
0: Love one another. Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to make all the difference. Yeah. If you're thinking that your education, if you're thinking that, that any of that is going to define you as a believer, it's not. Mm-hmm. Belief in me yeah. and how you love one another, that's going to do it. Yeah. That's going to define it. I think the third thing that he says is this, um, the things that I have done, the things that I have said, my life on this earth and what I'm getting ready to do for you will be the source of your joy. Oh, you'll yes, now see yes. it and because and i think that's we as believers and let me wrap this up real quick we as believers we lose the fact that christ has done all this for us mm-hmm.
1: we mm-hmm. still
0: look for the circumstantial things to be our source of I joy do. and it's not it's right. him
1: Oh, amen. Amen. Wow. Well, this was powerful, and I wish we could have gone on and on, actually, because there's so much more, and we will have another week together to continue talking about who wrote the book of love. You know, we encourage you to check out the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Discover the many resources available to you to help you grow in your biblical knowledge and love for the Lord, including Mark's study guide and video sessions for who wrote the book of love. Go to gsot.edu. Edu. That's gsot.edu. Check out the Grace School of Theology while you're there. Tell others about Saving Grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost.
0: You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gso.t. .edu/center or download the grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.